We have a brand new look coming at you guys today. We sat down with the Director of Trademark and Licensing at UMass. Her name is Eveline, and we talked about all kinds of UMass hot button topics, so should be a good one. Let's go. Everybody and welcome to episode 75 of High Character. We have a very uh, unique and interesting interview coming up for you guys today. We sat down with the Director of Trademark and Licensing at UMass. Her name is Evelyn Simmons. Uh, very nice. Uh, she took the time with us to talk about a lot of burning questions and topics that UMass Twitter um, seems to fight about all the time and kind of get the truth about them. So um, it, was, it was a cool interview. My name is Cameron. I am joined by my good pal, Evan. Evan, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. I thought this interview was super cool. Just like, like we, we kind of like when we were doing all like the planning work around it, like I was kind of thinking to myself, like, you know, just how, like, how is it going to be received by like, you know, our fan base and like the more that like we kind of talked to, you know, Evelyn about this and just kind of what we were thinking about the whole thing. Like it was a super enlightening interview, in my opinion. I think it answered a lot of the the questions that kind of pop up on Twitter a whole lot, you know, because I think the topics that we kind of discussed over this were, you know, very, very popular in the the whole UMass Twitter space. And I feel like a lot of people have very, very particular opinions on some of the topics that we discussed. So I think hearing it from at least one side of it, I think is super, super interesting. Obviously, everyone's going to draw their own conclusions at the end of the day. But I think, you know, hearing what, what she had to say, and just kind of what, you know, opinion she brought to the table, I thought was super, super cool. And I think it kind of shows a cool little branching out moment from our content. You know, I think it feels good to kind of not just be pigeonholed just into like, you know, the UMass hockey pure stuff. You know, I think this is UMass hockey adjacent. And I think, you know, just overall in the UMass Twitter community, I think this is going to be something that a lot of people are going to, you know, listen to and it'll make them think a little bit. And I think that's super cool that we can kind of provide that to the, the UMass Twitter community as a whole. Yeah, and uh, Evelyn actually reached out to us because um, she thought this might be a, a a good way to talk about some of these hockey adjacent things, and we uh, love the idea. Just for full transparency, we also reached out to the UMass store to um, talk to somebody about some of these questions. Um, we didn't get a response, so um, we would have liked to have a couple couple of views on these uh, hot topics that UMass Twitter likes to discuss a lot. But um, we got a lot of cool information from Evelyn. She was very kind to us throughout the whole thing and just a good overall interview so so without further ado here is our chat with Evelyn. Watch out! Watch out! all right we are joined today by the umass systems director of trademarks and licensing uh for all of umass named Evelyn simmons Evelyn, how are you doing hi thanks cameron thanks for having me on today good yeah we're we're excited to have you on uh obviously a newer um, kind of path that we're going down with the podcast, talking about things we haven't really touched upon before. Um, Evelyn actually reached out to us and thought it might be good to, to come on the podcast. And we totally agree. There's a lot of things that uh, I think we're going to talk about today that are um, kind of hot topics, maybe on UMass Twitter, things that are talked about a lot that people don't really know enough about. So uh, we talked with Evelyn a little bit before, and we think she could definitely shed some light on some on some cool parts of her job today. Cool. I'm happy to help. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, of course. So our first question 
Um, just simple. What is your what is your role in the licensing and trademark department at UMass? Yeah, yeah. So I am entering my tenth year here at the UMass System Trademark and Licensing Office. Uh, we are located in um, at the flagship campus uh, at UMass Amherst. I am also an alum of this campus, so I um, I hold UMass Amherst to a very high degree. Uh, no offense to our other uh, campuses. Um, like I said, I joined the team uh, 10 years ago, really with, you know, no reservations, no uh, plans of staying. And I, as soon as I uh, met my predecessor, David Curley, I knew that this was the place for me. Um, I was a uh, former student athlete. I was on the rowing team here for a little bit and, um, you know, just kind of uh, a lot of campus connections, a lot of education, a lot of experiences. Um, helped me decide that this was the place for me. Um, I play a, a small role uh, in, in what consumers see out in retail, uh, anything branded UMass. Um, your patrons should always buy officially licensed merchandise. Uh, that way you know it's made under fair labor conditions and that the university has kind of given it its blessing in terms of branding and it does come back to benefit the university and ultimately the teams that they love. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, obviously knowing that, you know, we are a hockey-based podcast, you know, we work with, you know, athletics, you know, and just a lot of stuff. We're really big UMass Athletics fans. Um, how close do you kind of work with uh, the athletics department and, you know, are there any specific people that you coordinate with and what types of things do you kind of communicate with athletics about when you do talk to them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, my involvement on campus, really, I try to uh, work closely with as many departments across the system as possible, but obviously our four athletic departments, I work very closely with. Uh, UMass Amherst specifically, Massachusetts Athletics um, is a very uh, large stakeholder for us. So we do our best to make sure the fan base is satisfied that parents, stu student athletes, coaches are all, ha all happy. Uh, I work with the administrators directly. So I work with uh, Ryan Bamford, the AD, his deputy AD, the compliance team, the marketing team, uh, the photographers, the videographers, uh, the fan experience team, uh, the equipment manager, uh, you name it. I've probably contacted them. We collaborate a ton, um, everything from NIL, merchandise to what the uniforms will look like for the upcoming season. Um, it's, it's exciting work. That's uh, working with athletics is the exciting part of my job. Uh, you know, any opportunity I can get to um, dig out from contracts is fun for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome to hear just because athletics is kind of a lot of people say it's like the front door of a university. It's kind of the branding that you see a mm -hmm. lot of people, at least in the country, see first when it comes to universities around the country. So that's that's cool how involved you are with all those different things. Um, one thing that you did mention, you mentioned saying specifically UMass Amherst and then Massachusetts athletics, um, yeah. kind of a hot button topic all over Twitter of uh, a lot of, I, I would say probably the majority of people wanting to stick with just Massachusetts on a lot of items instead of having that Amherst on there. So uh, um, is there a, I, we see the athletics department with a um, strong effort to say Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe could you like dive in a little bit on what maybe are the, the complications with straying away from Amherst or, and why that's still kind of around in the store and on merchandise? 
Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely a hot topic. So I work with the retailers as well, whether it's the official on-campus store, the UMass store, um, which is the official store of the athletics department here at UMass, um, or with retailers like Fanatics, Dick Sporting Goods, Target, Walmart, uh, Costco. Uh, you'll see our merchandise all over the place, um, even on places like Etsy, where I hold crafters licenses. Um, so yes, our athletics department has moved, um, at least in the last few years, towards um, using Massachusetts as an uh, identifier, which is totally fine. Uh, I think we're just trying to uh, uh, in the words of uh, our wonderful AD Ryan, plant the flag at the Commonwealth. And um, I think our fan base loves it. We are still, you know, we'll never truly move away from the five letter UMass federal trademark. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously all campuses uh, use UMass and University of Massachusetts. Um, you will see the distinction UMass Amherst as well as standalone UMass and standalone Massachusetts at retail. Uh, going forward, because uh, we've identified with focus groups over the years that, you know, depending on what pool of fan base you, uh, you subscribe to, uh, you know, we find that athletic fans tend to prefer UMass or uh, Massachusetts over UMass Amherst uh, with no uh, town designator, and that's perfectly fine, but we find that academic fans um, and uh, you know, professors, they tend to lean that way. So we wanna make sure to satisfy um, everyone at retail. Um, obviously you'll find that more and more the sports specific uh, merchandise at the store does tend to be standalone UMass or standalone Massachusetts to kind of, um, you know, we want our fan base to know that we're listening, whether you're part of our special focus group um, or, uh, you know, you're commenting on Twitter or on, um, you know, Facebook posts, know that an, an uh, administrator somewhere is reading and listening. So we definitely, you know, want to know that whether you're prospective student and alum, faculty and staff, or just a fan of UMass in general, that we are listening and we try to adjust and make strategic buying goals um, in the future. Yeah, I think we might get lost in our little athletics bubble sometimes and a lot of the other people on Twitter with that. But uh, I did I did dig into it um, a while back. A lot of schools use their town identifier. Um, I think it's just a, a matter of time before uh, of athletics using that just Massachusetts for fans of other programs to start kind of referring to it like that. It might just take a little bit of time, but definitely mm -hmm. see the need for both of those. Yeah, I mean, someday maybe we'll be, you know, the Michigan of of, UMass, of Massachusetts. You'll never know. Uh, we're definitely in the largest state school. And, um, you know, we make a huge impact on the Commonwealth. Um, so much of our Commonwealth is comprised of U proud UMass alum. And, I, you know, I think it is an identifier that more and more folks are, are standing behind. So um, in our world, we try to do what we can to support, um, you know, the mission of the athletics department. Yeah, it's definitely like a huge thing, like just knowing that like clearly everybody on UMass Twitter, like their voices are heard, you know what I mean? Like that's definitely very reassuring. I bet you everybody that's listening to this right now are kind of thinking, you know, you know, they can breathe a bit of a sigh of relief, like knowing that like there are people that do read, you know, all their comments, like they are being heard and it really is tough sometimes to satisfy everybody. So, I mean, I completely get where you're coming from um, yeah. and that's huge. Yeah, but, um, I mean 
we hear it all the good the bad we i mean we take it in and we analyze it there's focus groups there's you know follow-up meetings um there are always discussions and sometimes some of the topics the university has you know a, a path forward and you know they can't deviate without checking um something along the way so we we do always want our fans to know that they can you know, they can uh, voice their opinions on there. They can uh, email us administrators all the time. I always welcome opinions. Um, and, and really any feedback um, is, is better than no feedback. Um, it, it's like the saying goes, if you're in the news, that's, that's good, you know, whether it's good or bad. Um, so I, I look at it, it as we have very passionate fans. Yeah, no, I really could not agree with more, more than that. I mean, we definitely have a very, very passionate group. And I think kind of stemming off of our really big passionate fan base, like this kind of leads into the next question of, you know, there's a lot of NIL deals that are becoming prevalent in college athletics. Um, it's been a massive topic on conversation on UMass Twitter recently, um, especially in regards to basketball. Um, so as it stands now, like, could you kind of delve into like what the rules are for student athletes to sell something, you know, such as merchandise or anything like that? Can they use any of the school's marks and colors um, and just kind of like, are there any sort of major restrictions when it comes to that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great question. And yes, uh, nationally, this is the hot topic at all of my licensing and uh, athletic conferences. This is time and again, you know, the hot button topic um, about a year ago, maybe a little bit more the NCAA came out with a policy stating that student athletes in their amateurism on their prospective college campuses can now earn money on their name, image, and likeness, uh, NIL. And uh, initially, the university system decided to be um, quite conservative because in Massachusetts, we do not have state um, laws that help direct the universities that aren't within the Commonwealth of how we move forward. So um, it's been kind of a, a work in progress. Our general counsel, our offices, all of our athletic departments um, within the UMass system, compliance officers as well, all kind of collaborated over the last couple of, uh, the last year and a half or so. And earlier this year in July, 2022, we launched our new and revised uh, NIL policy across the system. So four athletic departments, um, now are allowed <laughs> to tell their student athletes that they can make money on their name and image and now also co-branding with the university name and marks. And what that means is our office, um, in addition to uh, a student athlete working with their coach and their uh, administrative team in compliance, uh, they must disclose any of their NIL deals. And if their NIL deals also include any university name, or branding um, that they are asked to come through our office, the trademark and licensing office for clear, um, that acts as a clearing house. Um, since we, uh, part of what I do is help protect the university brand uh, from infringers. We always wanna make sure that those co-branding agreements are, you know, make sense for both parties, whether it's working with Adidas or Under Armour, in the university or whether it's working with a student athlete and uh, the university brand. So we wanna make sure it's advantageous for both. Um, to date, uh, university officials cannot negotiate uh, what a student athlete takes home at the end of the day. 
So the student athletes um, at this time seek out individual representation um, to land deals, you know, whether it's with a local coffee shop or a dealership. Um, if it includes branding, they run that by us as well. Earlier this week, in fact, we had um, one of our first successful NIL deals that included uh, university branding. Uh, it was one of our hockey players uh, announced his uh, sponsorship deal as a uh, influencer for Dunkin' Donuts. And being a New England school, we couldn't uh, help but say yes. And um, so I worked very closely with our MMR partners at athletics with their administration to make sure that everything down to the caption in the image was approved by the university before it was released on Instagram. Um, I think that was Matt, um, if I remember yep. correctly. Yep, so yeah, and, um, and to dive a little bit deeper into the NIL uh, thing. So typically we see nationwide that uh, universities more and more are starting to take on what's called a group licensing agent. And what the group eight licensing agent does is uh, they are the representative party that um, offers an opt-in, opt-out option to the group of student athletes, men, women, all 21 varsity sports. It's opened up and the players themselves, um, themselves or as a family decide, you know, do we opt in or do we opt out? And if they opt in, the group licensing agent has a pre-approved list of vendors um, and other par existing partnerships that they can offer and they negotiate rates of what the student athlete takes home, like what their cut is in each and every deal. Um, to date, the University of Massachusetts does not have a group licensing agent, but that's not to say that a lot is going on behind the scenes. So. Um, Hopefully, uh, there will be some some more news down the road, but um, trust that the administration, the lawyers, everyone is looking out for the best for our student athletes. So we want to make sure, you know, whatever decision is made uh, moving forward, that it's uh, advantageous to our student athletes and, and protects them really, too. Of course, there's a lot of education required, um, education on tax implications, um, on any money that they take on. Um, our folks listening in may not know, but international student athletes are um, particularly interesting in these NIL deals. They can't actually, in fact, participate um, when they sign on to a roster. Uh, and, and if they're international, they're here on a student visa and not on a work visa. So that would not only threaten their NCAA eligibility, but their visa status. So um, we're working very hard behind the scenes. Um, the athletics department has a great compliance team that is working very closely with our general counsel to make sure that those student athletes are protected and aren't, you know, making a mistake that they wouldn't otherwise know about. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, if you guys are unfamiliar, Matt Koopman posted a lovely picture holding his Duncan coffee, hashtag team Duncan. So um, that's cool. People are starting to take advantage of it. Um, how is this information communicated to the student athletes? Is it you directly in touch with them or is it a system, a resource? Like what, how do they know what they're doing with that? 
Yeah, yeah. So as student athletes, they have a whole slew of educational um, services and resources that are given to them from the athletics department. Mm -hmm. So they act as the stewards of the of the student athletes. Um, oftentimes, the coaches are doing educating. Students can sign up to sit in on webinars and other sort of resources. It doesn't come from our from our office necessarily. Um, our office does. Uh, follow those NCAA changes and changes to the rule book very closely. Just uh, the last week, week of October, even, you know, there was a modification made that my office, you know, quickly set up a series of calls, with lawyers and the athletics department to make sure we were all on the same page. And, you know, how does that change our landscape moving forward? So we will continue to tweak that NIL policy as needed. Um, but if student athletes have any questions about what opportunities are available, they should definitely reach out to the compliance team at UMass Amherst. They actually have a new director, uh, Chardonnay, uh, joins us from uh, Georgia Tech. I believe she's about a week or two into the job, um, but her uh, uh, her predecessor was, was loved by all as well. Um, and uh, the team that works for her is quite incredible as well. So those student athletes are in good hands. Yeah, so I mean, just to kind of, I mean, obviously, we like to talk about hockey as much as humanly possible here, but I think to kind of shift over to something that's a bit more, you know, currently relevant, especially in terms of UMass athletics was the UMass collective. So they're more of a, a basketball kind of focused uh, NIL, and they've been absolutely prolific on Twitter right now, just kind of posting all the time they are, they're, they're always showing up in my feed on Twitter. So I mean, they're definitely getting their name out there. Um, So has there ever been, you know, have you kind of worked with them closely just kind of on you know, a lot of the details of the trademarks and just kind of other, you know, NIL details in general, just especially considering that you just mentioned everything's kind of constantly evolving and, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of has that been difficult in, you know, just, just what have you really done to kind of, you know, do that yeah, in terms yeah. of them? Um, yeah, so we do have a few collectives that have uh, bubbled up. One in particular is very active, as you mentioned, Evan, uh, the Massachusetts Collective is, uh, run and operated by a local business um, businessman um, who is a longtime donor and fan of UMass athletics in particular the the basketball team so um, you know the the university as a whole supports you know his efforts and um, he's doing a really great job you know reaching out to community members and folks that want to contribute in any way that they can um, I do work closely with him in terms of um, how university IP, intellectual property can get used. So I noticed that you said UMass Collective and you yep. may have noticed <laughs> from yep. Twitter that, that Pat did uh, make the correction that, uh, you know, we had we had a conversation and went very well. He's a very respectful uh, person in the community. And, um, and we did a, have him adjust kind of uh, how he identifies his group. And the reason for that really is to create distance between, you know, this organization that is outside of the university and the university itself. Um, we definitely don't want to, um, you know, with how quickly those N NCAA rules change, we don't want to get uh, put ourselves in a position that, um, you know, a collective is questioned you know, how closely it is connected to the university. We certainly wouldn't want to threaten the eligibility of any of our athletes, um, men or women's athletes alike. Um, so we do, uh, 
we communicate, we call, we text, we email, and we Zoom. So um, he's been great to work with so far. Cool. Yeah. And uh, definitely want to be careful with those things. We saw the yeah. infraction from the UMass tennis team uh, and how strict the NCAA can be with their sanctions. So good to keep that stuff all on the surface and uh, by the book. Um, kind of along those same lines of working with current players, uh, what goes into working with former players? I imagine the whole process is completely different, but um, I think you yeah. might have something to say about that. <laughs> Yes, my office works very closely. So another cool part of my job. Uh, <laughs> we're always looking for interns, by the way, if any of this sounds uh, interesting to you as a listener. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the fun parts of my job is working with um, professional athletes and uh, former student athletes, whether uh, currently in the NHL, or the NBA, um, it's been a lot of fun. So since this is a hockey podcast, um, I have had the uh, opportunity to work with Kale McCarr's team, um, which has been really fun. Uh, I myself am a huge hockey fan, which is why I reached out in the first place. Uh, I love your podcast. I think it's great. Um, so working with Kale is interesting. So we have to navigate the NHLPA, their governing party. I work with his agent, um, who I believe also may represent his younger brother, uh, which is also kind of cool. Um, and uh, so what, uh, we're working on a really exciting development um, that if you're in our focus group at the UMass store, you may already know about it. We have a little collection coming together that hopefully we can introduce soon. It'll be some exciting t-shirts, some cut and sewn jerseys, only the highest quality for our uh, UMass fans. Um, and uh, yeah, really uh, looking, looking forward to it because it's a collection that we haven't, well, we've never actually done a co-branded opportunity like this for a uh, former athlete. And now Stanley Cup went, uh, you know, a winner with Avalanche. So that's been an exciting process. I've I've learned that uh, Kale is very humble as a, as a uh, hockey player. Um, it's at times a little tough to get in touch because of how busy his schedule truly is. Um, but it's great. And it's, um, it's really heartwarming to hear that even after, you know, our awesome hockey players move on and join the NHL, that they do still think about their, the schools that they were a part of. And, you know, they, they know that they have uh, an audience that's, that's watching them regard, regardless of the jersey and the colors and the, the mascots that they wear today on ice. So, um, so stay tuned. Uh, you'll find that collection at the UMass store, uh, a little shameless plug there. So no, that's awesome. The <laughs> yeah. I, I was actually just about to do that myself because if he's going to be gracious enough to work with you guys on this sort of stuff, I mean, if he can be gracious enough to come onto the pod at some point for an interview, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty cool. I'll so, put in a good word. I'm sure that, he knows. I, I'm sure he's heard of your podcast. Um, yeah, I know he's, uh, he's still very in tune with what's going on at, you know, in Amherst and, um, you know, how the team is doing. I'm sure he's watching the games and I'm sure he's still in, in touch with Carvel as well. Um, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is awesome. Uh, definitely looking forward to that collaboration for sure. Um, we see it, I'm not necessarily so much with UMass. I'm sure they're out there, but with a, a lot of bigger colleges, a lot of counterfeit things relating to former athletes, um, like exact looking jerseys that aren't from the, um, the university, that kind of thing. Um, I imagine there's UMass stuff like that floating around out there. 
what are the steps that you take to um to find that and uh kind of squash that where it is yeah yeah it's definitely a game of -of whack-a-mole so a portion of our job is um trademark um protection so what that means is you know we're protecting the university brand against Uh, brand dilution and infringement. So we work really closely with our general counsel. We have a huge general counsel. um, and We're lucky enough to have a few um, members of that general counsel actually at UMass Amherst. Um, So they are definitely my bat line day in and day out. So we sent cease and desist orders on that sort of stuff. And um, ultimately what we're doing, we kind of act as like the consumer reports of um, you know, branded merchandise. And we want, you know, when we put something out that's officially licensed, you'll find a really specific hang tag or sticker. Um, we pride ourselves on the security of those. Um, they're called security devices, but they're stickers and hang tags. They they come with uh, currency grade threading, the same threading that you see in US money, um, which is pretty fun. It's actually from the same uh, manufacturer, Octane 5 is our partner that puts that out. They, uh, they do that to uh, other, other colleagues in the industry. The Ohio State University also uses them, Indiana, um, many, many universities um, trust their security system. Um, and, and those labels also come with a little QR code that ask, asks the consumer a few product uh, quality questions, you know, and what their shopping experience was. Um, at times, we'll we'll do games on that QR code, uh, you know, or free wallpapers, things like that. But that's one of the ways that we can engage with our consumers is through those touch points. There's surveys that are um, can be pushed out through those things as well. Um, but yeah, in terms of brand security, we are definitely squishing them left and right. Um, with a big university comes a lot of big problems. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we are constantly chasing counterfeits. Um, we want to make sure that our consumers know that when they buy something with the university brand and trademarks, that they're going to get a high quality item, um, something that's really important to our department in particular. We are very in tune with CSR. Um, with uh, we work with the Fair Labor Association, the Workers' Rights Consortium, and we have an independent third party that does um, factory checks. So um, you can be rest assured that the branded merchandise that you buy that is officially licensed um, was made in fair labor conditions, uh, made with non-toxic materials, shipped um, correctly and not under any sort of like labor violations. Um, we take that stuff very seriously, especially in the Northeast. Um, and I try to, um, you know, form our program. My, my colleague, John and I work together and he's, uh, you know, he sits on the FLA um, planning board as well. And we, we're very, uh, <laughs> we don't hesitate to call up a vendor if something gets flagged and, you know, they pop up in a report that, you know, Um, a manufacturer overseas might have some sort of minor violation. We want to make sure to address those and get their mediation plan up front and, um, you know, kind of walk, walk them through those plans. So um, I definitely encourage our fans to always buy official. Uh, They'll be getting quality and they'll know that a portion of that comes back to the university uh, to fund things like, you know, upcoming campaigns, scholarships, um, 
the athletics department benefits from those royalties as well. Um, so, um, yeah. I think that question for me stems from uh, DH Gate. I, you've probably heard of them. They Their products yeah, sure just kind of run the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the ways that we'll really squash DH Gate in the future is, um, you know, as we take on a group licensing agent potentially in the future, um, that customization tool, the ability to put, you know, player last names and whatnot on the backs of the jerseys will become very easy for us um, once we can, you know, tap into that resource. And yeah, I mean, if you buy from them, I wish you all the luck. Don't be surprised if your package never arrives. It's it's quite unfortunate. I, uh, you know, I always try to steer consumers to official sites. Um, you know, we're in big box stores. We're in local mom and pop shops. Um, a number of our registered student organizations set up pop-up shops online too for fundraising. Um, departments on campus also set up independent shops. Um, online to sell like department specific goods. Uh, the UMass store at UMass Amherst is the official store of the athletics department. And I believe you can click through from athletics to their, their site as well. Um, I do like to brag about them because they're quite the undertaking. They have entered, I believe their fifth or sixth year at the university as an independent store. So what that means is they're not managed by a giant corporate company um, that does centralized buying. The buying team actually lives in the Pioneer Valley and has, you know, a better pulse on what the community is looking for. And they also really engage, engage with their consumers and alumni through, you know, that focus group. Um, they're always available to chat online through their chat feature or by email. So if you have any suggestions or you know, if, if you know of any brands that are up and coming that you would love to see a UMass logo behind, don't hesitate to, you know, send those suggestions in. We're always attending trade shows and, you know, meeting new partners, um, you know, whether they're local to the Commonwealth or, you know, <laughs> domestic, international, we, we do explore them all. We have just shy of 135 licensed vendors through the system that, um, do a lot of good, I guess, to spread the university brand. Yeah, I think the the ability to kind of just have whatever player we want on the back of our jerseys would be absolutely huge, especially just like from the store itself. Like me and Cam, we ended up going through like another like a like a local tailor or whatever to try and get our you know jerseys customized, and they've been stuck in that shop for the past three months now, and we have no word four months now actually and oh no <laughs> we have no word as to when they'll be ready so if we could just get that done through the UMass store that would be absolutely yeah, yeah, huge for sure. so that yeah. would be super cool yeah right now we're kind of specializing in like the higher quality stuff the cut and sewn custom jerseys and what I mean is you know when we place an order through the UMass store so I'm not directly on the buying team but I do see the yeah. artwork behind the scenes it passes through trademark licensing as a layer of approval and um, you know the more customized it gets you know the higher and higher the price point the higher the the minimum order um, so when we move towards like the the player number, name and number sort of model, uh, we may very well need to switch to like a sublimation or a uh, screen printing option so mm -hmm. that those can be made 
direct to consumer and kind of on demand. Um, otherwise, the you know the retailer is kind of stuck with whatever the minimums are per per name per number. And as you can imagine, uh, inventory space is limited, so that's always something yeah. to consider. Um, but we uh, let's just say there's a lot of conversations going on behind the scenes. So. We'll, we're definitely working on it for our uh, our base. Yeah, certainly. I mean, just like we just had this, you know, five to 10 minute conversation about, you know, counterfeit goods. And now we kind of just started talking about like new merchandise. But, you know, and obviously the UMass store has been heavily involved, as you mentioned. Um, do they kind of do most of the design work and you just kind of check over it for compliance? Like what's kind of the, the, the main way that that kind of happens, especially like, you know, through your group? Yeah, it kind of depends on uh, the, the licensee, the vendor. So um, oftentimes the vendors kind of have a, a, like a, a deck of designs that they're putting together for the upcoming um, season. You know, we're, we're looking at those catalogs nine, 10 months in advance. So really you don't even know oftentimes how a team is going to succeed, you know, yeah. how softball, how basketball is going to be doing before you're placing those orders. So large part of it is gambling and, you know, being really in tune with that focus group and, you know, um, getting a hold of, you know, what the coaching staff is going to look like, you know, checking in with athletics, like what, what are we thinking about, you know, the upcoming season for X, Y, and Z sport. Uh, there's a lot of that going on. Um, but to answer your question more directly, so sometimes the designs are coming in directly from the vendor themselves. They'll throw a couple of ideas. They tend to be very stylistic, fashion forward, a, a little kooky at, at times. So, you know, we do reel it in quite a bit um, so that they meet brand standards. We, uh, we try to be as consistent with our color and branding as possible. Color is a hot topic. The university color is really hard to match because um, we're trying to match to our sideline provider, Adidas is Collegiate Burgundy, which in the industry is, you know, there's a, not a lot of that color. So um, all of those 135-ish uh, vendors, um, we asked for product samples, um, blank product samples of what they, um, you know, what what they can offer, and we try to zero in. And if those options don't exist, we explore custom dyeing lots and what does that look like? How many, you know, garment units do we have to commit to to uh, land a custom dye? Mm -hmm. um, one of our closest vendors, uh, Blue 84, committed uh, to us a few years back. Um, they're uh, a great manufacturer out in Minnesota. Um, they've been really incredible to work with. They actually took on one of our best vendors. Um, uh, Life is Good, right out of Boston, uh, actually works with the Blue 84 group. So Blue 84 actually places the orders on their behalf, and they've been really incredible to work with. Um, they have a, a founding uh a founder that um, went to UMass Amherst. So we, you know, if there's a great story, you know, we're going to highlight it. We just reintroduced a big collection uh, earlier this month. Um, but yeah, um, and then um, at times, you know, the designs are thought of organically. So, uh, you know, if a, if a coach, you know, say in a season has kind of a you know, a well-known catchphrase or something. We'll we'll kind of throw out a couple ideas. We'll run it by the athletics administration, see if we can get coaches' support, see if coach wants a you know a cut of 
the profits or anything like that. Um, we're always open to ideas like that. And really, we're just trying to be as authentic as possible. I think our, um, our fan base in general really likes the standard, very collegiate University of Massachusetts, UMass, Massachusetts, the Power U, they've really gotten behind. That's the, the primary uh, identifier. And, you know, as we as we pull back certain marks for one reason or the other, like the university seal, we're looking to fill those gaps. Um, so interesting. Yeah. And uh, I will defend you in the school a little bit trying to get our high character merch out there. It is so hard with the maroon like yes. people yeah. people need to stop yelling at the school for that because the vendors <laughs> make it very difficult to figure out what you're actually getting when it yeah, comes yeah. in the mail. So yeah, my, my heart goes out to those vendors. They're trying really hard, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're not necessarily, you know, they're not equipped to dye the fabric themselves. So they're, you know, at the, at the mercy of the larger suppliers, the blank suppliers. And, um, you know, with, we're still experiencing a high rate of um, supply chain issues. Um, they are better than we were a year out, but it's still, you know, things are getting bottlenecked uh, either at the ports or at delivery, uh, even down to, um, you know, we're seeing a, a national shortage in headwear. I know we spoke about headwear uh, when you guys chatted with me earlier. So that's still something we're experiencing, um, even down to hockey jerseys, the, the tackle twill that you see embroidered onto jerseys may not be made in the same country where it's being embellished. So, you know, when we're waiting on the delivery of, of one component, you know, the, the patch from Hockey East <laughs> or the, yeah. you know, the twill that makes up the Massachusetts or the numbers on the back. So, um, you know, there, it's uh, a large orchestra of things that need to go right for the order to show up appropriately tagged and ready for the sales floor. Mm-hmm. So you just mentioned, you know, talking about the UMass hockey jerseys, especially, you know, going into the UMass store. Um, did you kind of have any sort of like particular role in that? I mean, were there any sort of licensing issues? Because as you know, we mentioned earlier, Adidas is kind of the main, you know, manufacturer when it comes to that stuff. And we actually ended up going, you know, you guys went with a different manufacturer for the jerseys. I believe it was Jog Sportswear. Um, so, you know, was there, you know, just kind of what were the overall challenges that went into that? Because that was a really, really hot button issue when it came to, you know, a lot of the, the UMass hockey fans, especially on Twitter. I think everybody was talking about it at the time. So just wanted yeah. to kind of hear your perspective on it. Absolutely. That that issue in particular uh, was the cause of many sleepless nights. <laughs> um, yeah. So unfortunately, you know, as much as we love Adidas, they weren't able to supply us with the quality um, cut and sewn Adidas branded uh, hockey jersey that we were promised. And, um, you know, it was a bit of a communication issue. And, you know, when the jerseys arrived, we knew, you know, as soon as we opened the box that this was not going to be the quality that reflected the price point at all. Um, and in an effort not to completely cause an even larger uproar, the, the, the products were actually rejected. So the, uh, the initial Adidas order was rejected by the UMass store. And, you know, a lot of behind the scenes work was done to make sure that, you know, they were deferred off campus. <laughs> they were still sold, um, you know, because um, we didn't want to lose the, the partner with Adidas um, at the end of the day. But, you know, it, we, 
we made it very loud and clear that we expect better. Um, you know, and I'm entering my 10th year here and, you know, I would love to see for an upcoming season, the authentic cut and sewn Jersey that we deserve that this team deserves. Um, especially after that 2021 national championship, uh, you know, our fans deserve better and know that the buyers and the licensing team and the athletics department also wants to see the, the correct product. So in that case in particular, we had a handful of licensed vendors that were ready for our call um, for, you know, always be prepared with a plan B. And <laughs> so we do that a lot in our industry. So, you know, after a series of calls and putting out the call to our partners, to see who can fulfill in a timely manner, um, we did award um, a great partner of ours, Jog Athletics. Um, they work um, actually really closely with the, the club hockey team as well um, for a number of our schools. And they're known to make high quality cut and sewn custom jerseys. So they were able to customize the color for us, no problem. There wasn't a sourcing issue there. Um, we have previously used K1 Sportswear out of Minnesota, something about Minnesota. They tend to know a little something about hockey. They <laughs> so do. they're a really excellent partner of ours. They are also still licensed and, you know, we're not going to completely give up on Adidas. I'll keep begging and asking, uh, you know, year in and year out. Um, we're hoping, you know, uh, we did just install a pretty big Adidas concept shop. So we committed to an extraordinarily large assortment of uh, Adidas branded merchandise uh, just in time for the holiday season. So I don't know. I, I hope they they look a little more fondly at the, at the University of Massachusetts because we definitely have the base. And if those jerseys arrive, they will sell like, like nothing. Um, 100%. Yeah. And we know um, just through our prior conversations, it's not a UMass specific issue with that provider. It seems like a lot of other hockey programs are dealing with the same kind of thing right now but those jog athletic jerseys take it from two people who have them they're good quality so oh, um, i think that was a good good outcome given yeah I got, I got a couple of the, the umass hockey team ones but then i also have a club hockey one that's basically the identical one that the club hockey team wears and i wear it to almost every game and super comfortable super high quality it looks great so yeah oh. i i really do love the stuff that they put out so that was probably as best as that situation could have gone in my opinion i think i think jog really knocked it out of the park so do appreciate all the work that went into that, especially after the the first kind of can of worms that got opened at the very beginning of the head. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a uh, best case. Well, you know, it was a plan B, but that yeah. partner really stepped it up and showed showed us what they could do in a timely fashion. We have them working really closely with Hockey East too for the sourcing of those patches. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make them as authentic as possible. Um, you know, even we have another partner working on. Um, basketball jerseys and so they have to work with the a10 uh same thing sourcing royalty breakdowns negotiations there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and like i said this stuff typically gets ordered nine months plus in advance um and there are hiccups along the way and you know folks have to pivot um you know turn to other sources we also don't want to be put in a position where you know we're really forcing a um a vendor to drop what they're doing and you know cause their workers to work overtime that's definitely not something we want to promote so we're trying to keep everything in mind uh, full circle 
um, and one of, uh, one of my fond memories was, um, I, I believe it was in 2019, driving up to Buffalo to watch, uh, you know, the, the championship game. Um, and we were, you know, I was helping the UMass store at the time. So we popped up at the official tailgate location that that bar across the way. Um, and it was fun. And, you know, um, you know, that year K1 Sportswear really stepped it up for us when Adidas couldn't provide. And, you know, no, we try not to have any hard feelings against the sideline provider, but know that, you know, if you don't fill somebody else well, because um, partners are always looking to, um, to fulfill promises. And, you know, it was exciting. I actually sold a jersey personally to President Meehan, which was wow. for me a big career success. Very cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was, it was a great time. That, that was uh, professionally one of my first like really exciting like getting immersed um you know in the game and the buzz around uh how the team was doing was really uh life-changing and you know it's too bad that in 21 it was a largely spectator free game that you know that our champions win a one with um mm. yeah that is a cool story though about yeah selling the jersey to Meehan. that is cool um i think we touched on just about everything we wanted to a lot of a lot of stuff that's talked about on twitter a lot a lot of things that maybe we didn't have clear answers to so definitely feel like we got some some answers on that part i guess for our last question um you talked about so many things what do you enjoy most about your role like what gets you excited about your job every day ah um well as a former student athlete myself i love just going to the games you know my my husband and i live in the area we have a really young a one and a half year old son i can't wait for him to get into sports hopefully <laughs> um we joke that you know uh hopefully he'll be a hockey player someday you know i'm going to the the basketball game tonight to root on our men's basketball team against Albany. I'm super psyched about that, but I love following the hockey team. I was there this weekend. I'll be there this Wednesday night against Merrimack. Um, so look for me. I'll be the kooky administrator in the, in the crowd. Um, so yeah, for me, that's the most exciting part of my job to, um, you know, get immersed, um, in the culture of what it means to be, you know, uh, faculty and staff, student, employee, former athlete, alumni, community member. Um, I really love this university and I love that, you know, and in some small way, I get to contribute back to the community that loves UMass, um, you know, so yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. Definitely good to see somebody who loves uh, the athletics department in, uh, in, a, in a role in that position. It's definitely reassuring to hear that. Certainly. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that was everything we had. So uh, definitely some, some cool answers out of you. We really appreciate your time. That was a, I think, cool, productive conversation. Yeah, of course. Watch out! Watch out! And that was our conversation with Eveline about all things uh, kind of behind the scenes with UMass and the, um, the licensing aspect of it. A lot of interesting information, a lot of stuff that I think these UMass fans will find interesting. One thing that I did like to hear was that, um, like, say, the UMass store or some of the higher-ups that UMass do hear everything that we say. Um, and one other thing I liked was Eveline and others are actually big UMass hockey fans and uh, supporters of UMass athletics, which was nice to hear. And it's nice to 
nice to know that we're not yelling at a wall when we're uh, frustrated with some things that are going on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I personally thought the best part was when we talked about the whole hockey Jersey fiasco that happened. I mean, it was kind of a burning question for not just UMass Twitter, but me specifically, because I feel like I was pretty vocal, you know, in that whole space, whenever that topic would ever arise. And, you know, it still kind of arises to a point to this day because everybody complains about Adidas, but I, I do think that, you know, her answers were rather enlightening, you know, definitely provided some context as to, you know, what was going on with that. And I feel like just the interview as a whole was just, you know, I, I really enjoyed kind of how candid and open she was for, you know, a lot of the, the answers that she gave, because at the end of the day, like nobody really necessarily owes us answers for anything, you know what I mean? So the fact that she was very forthcoming and kind of wanted to discuss this with, you know, us and then by proxy, the whole UMass community, I think is super cool. Um, Definitely shows, I don't know what the term would be, maybe good leadership and just kind of good, you know, I guess accountability as a whole, just because like we, you know, she kind of put her, her face out there, you know what I mean? Like she didn't really have to, and she's kind of, you know, assuming this, this kind of, you know, role as, Hey, I'm going to be the one to talk about this because nobody else really wants to at this point. So I thought that was super cool. And I don't want to say like super brave, you know what I mean? Because like, we're still a pretty friendly fair fan base at the end of the day. It's not like we're going to, come in with pitchforks in our hand and go to our house or anything. But, you know, I definitely do think that uh, what she did was very admirable and I really enjoyed the time that she took out to speak with us. Yeah. And it was great. She um, was very open and candid, like you said, and she made herself available for any uh, future criticism or compliments or anything like that. So um, to be able to put a face to it, like you said, um, very nice thing. Uh, We appreciate her time and, um, we got so many games and previews and recaps and things like that. I thought it would be a nice little switch up for you guys. So um, like I said, tried to reach out to the UMass store, didn't get a response to, uh, to keep going with this, this episode, but um, it's not a big deal. We got a lot of the, the answers that we were looking for with Eveline. So thank you guys for taking the time out to listen to this one. If you made it all the way through and go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody.